Welcome to the Indie Comics section. Join us as we take you through the pages of some of the best stories and art available in comics. We'll talk to creators, hear about their inspiration and creative process, and then we'll read their comic and discuss it together. We hope you'll join us on this journey into some incredible comics and find some new favorites along the way. Hello, everybody. We are back with a new episode of Indie Comics. I'm Maddie. And I am Jeff. And I'm Andrea. And we have the amazing Christopher Hastings here with us today. Would you like to introduce yourself? Oh, my gosh. Thank you uh, for the superlative. Um, <laughs> yes, my name is uh, Christopher Hastings. Uh, I'm a comic book creator, um, probably best known for the adventures of Dr. McNinja, the unbelievable Gwenpool, a pretty lengthy run on Adventure Time, and a smattering of a whole bunch of other comics. And coming up soon, uh, Quantum and Woody. Yay. Yeah. Uh, would you could you share a little bit about Quantum and Woody with us? Kind of what drew you to the project, how it got started or restarted? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, uh, Quantum and Woody is a, uh, a comedy action superhero book that has uh, been around since the '90s, uh, which is when I was a fan of it. Um, and uh, it's about two brothers, um, the aforementioned Quantum and uh, Woody, who refuses to take a superhero name. Woody's just his <laughs> name. And, um, yeah, basically they are two brothers who do not get along very well, which is unfortunate because uh, they were in an explosive uh, science lab accident that uh, bound them together with these two bands on their wrists uh, that make them have to – uh, touch each other uh, once every 24 hours or they dissolve into nothingness. Uh, but the good news is, is that those power bands also give them superpowers. Uh, and so they decided to make the best of it and become superheroes. Um, awesome. So, uh, yeah, I just love that dynamic and I've been a fan for a long time. So uh, I was offered to pitch on it by editor Heather Antos. And I said, yes, please. I <laughs> will... Do my best. It's actually not the first time I've pitched on Quantum and Woody. Um, <laughs> I also I also tried out for the 2012 or 2013 relaunch. Oh yeah, and oh, wow. James Asmus. And yeah, no, that pitch and my pitch was bad. And uh, <laughs> I've learned a lot about writing in that time. Um, I think it was actually the first comic pitch I ever did. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, I, it's it's really neat for me to be given this second chance years later. <laughs> that's incredible how, yeah how does it feel now then being able to finally make it happen vindicated <laughs> <laughs> no it's i i uh i will say i took one idea for my for my previous pitch and i put it in this one um so i was happy i was it was able to get one of those which is that um i remember in the uh, in the earlier series they they sort of have an evolution with their bands like the original series written by christopher priest um, they kind of discover what the bands do as they go. Um, and I believe for the first seven issues of the original series, they don't even have superpowers. Mm. It's just like they have gear because uh, Eric or, or Quantum is like, you know, an ex-special ops guy. And he's just got all the equipment. He wants to be Batman. Right. <laughs> Who doesn't? Um, and they, they only discover that they can shoot like laser beams like, you know, a half year into their first run. Oh, wow. Uh, so I like that, and I wanted to. In my my pitch for the first relaunch was like, I wanted there to. I wanted them to discover new powers as they went, hmm. and one of those new powers 
um, I was able to incorporate into my current run. Uh, so that nice. <laughs> is happening. So yeah, that's one of the things is the boys get new powers. Um, it goes disastrously, of course. But. <laughs> well, it's a great way to create something new, but also kind of reference things from the past as well. Yeah. And you know what I really love is the fact that, like you said, like that was your first pitch and you say you went bad. I doubt it. But <laughs> I mean, it's just so beautiful. Like it's such a like a heartwarming story to be like, this is my first thing. Maybe it didn't go well, but now to be able to circle back and to be able to, you know, be a huge part of this comic. I think that's wonderful. And I just kind of wanted to ask like, what like made you get into comics in the first place? Oh gosh. Um, well, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, to, Super to address loaded the earlier... question, sorry. No, 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 no. But I'm, I'm going to take it one at a time. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I very much enjoy feeling, um, the feeling as though I am like a constant student. Um, and so I, I like that I was able to take that, that initial experience of my failed pitch and, and learn to do better pitches, um, that went on to comics that have come out and then to come back around and then to get another whack at this is like really cool. Um, as far as how I got into comics in the first place, um, that's just like I, you know, I grew up uh, enjoying drawing and reading comic books. And um, I don't know, there was there was there was kind of a point in my childhood where it seemed that everybody in my immediate uh, vicinity agreed that Chris must go on to be a comic book artist someday. <laughs> uh, it was your destiny. Is, yeah, what I mean, which didn't exactly work out right, uh, you know, but like writers, not so bad. Um, <laughs> That's amazing, though. Yeah. And uh, but, I, you know, I just uh, I always drew. And then I um, I went to the School of Visual Arts and got a degree in cartooning. Wow. And um, I studied under some some true greats like uh, Klaus Janssen and David Mazzucchelli and Walter Simonson um and it was walt simonson that told me that i was a better writer than an artist um, <laughs> a hard truth probably and uh i was happy to take that advice um <laughs> yeah do you so that's, ever that's, that's the short story. do you ever want to create your own comic and do the art as well as writing um i have yeah um i um uh, that's how i got started was basically um i i did a web comic called the adventures of dr mcninja hmm, yeah. um and uh, I drew it because I was good enough at drawing um, that, and I didn't have money to hire an artist. And um, I was, and I did that for about eleven years. <laughs> uh, but along the way, you know, when Marvel came calling, they said, you know, we like your writing, but you you don't have to draw this Deadpool book. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's said, okay. Fine. We we got you some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, you know, that's fine with me. I understand that's how it went for, you know, like Brian Michael Bendis as well. Yeah. Is that, you know, he was drawing his own comics for years. And then, you know, when the big boys came calling, they're like, no, 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 you don't have to draw it. We, <laughs> we have people. Do you ever think about going back to it, though? Doing like drawing a comics? Comic? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, uh, uh, like drawing is a giant hassle, I will say, <laughs> like compared <laughs> to writing. Um, but like there is some stuff that I like about being able to execute an idea completely from its first stage all the way through. Yeah, uh, I do it a little bit on my Twitter account um, at Doctor Hastings. I um, check it out. I, I do I do like a, a web comic strip like maybe once a week or so. Right now I'm I'm just I'm doing a comic series about um, 
Wario, but he's like a noir detective. Oh, yeah. I saw that on your Instagram. That was oh, really there you cool. Go. So I draw that. That's awesome. So clearly everybody follow on social media. Exciting things. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is great because actually what you were just talking about leads me into what I was going to ask you right now because you're mentioning so many different luminaries right here. But who are your literary and or artistic influences? Ah, well, yeah, I've always said that the artistic influences are the ones that I actually got to sit down with. Um, so <laughs> the aforementioned, you know, Klaus, Klaus Jansen is, is probably my biggest one because he literally he taught me the, the, the most of the stuff that I know about visual storytelling in comics. OK. Uh, yeah. So and then I just yeah, I was very lucky at that school to kind of pick all of these these great teachers. But like. Those go the longest way. As for, as far as writing, um, uh, I mean, gosh, um, pretty much anybody who like wrote, you know, um, like funny stuff in sort of the sci-fi and fantasy and superhero worlds, where it's like they kind of gave me the permission to do that kind of work. Like it's like, oh, it's okay to like treat this with a sense of humor, you know. Yeah. You know, like uh, like Douglas Adams. I was about obviously. to say Douglas Adams probably was. Yeah, that's, to look that's to. the big one. Uh, yeah, the 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 entire Hitchhiker's collection in my you know golden black bound hardcover is you know <laughs> oh, a treasured possession. Um, yeah, like it, yeah, those 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 folks that sort of said like it's okay to like take this stuff that you love and make fun of it a little bit. And in fact, it's even like more fun to like make fun of something you love than something yeah. you hate. Uh, so yeah. I would say that's that's it doesn't that. all have to be super serious and uh... <laughs> yeah, and it also like it's like you don't have to do comedy uh, and be cynical. Mm, you can yeah. um, you you can um, you can send up something you love. You know, it's 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 why we have roasts. <laughs> yeah, right. And that kind of irreverence, I think, is so important today too, because it's one of those things where I think sometimes too, you either are laughing or you're crying, and so I think. It's great mm. to be able to bring a lot more comedy to the world and, and to stories that are maybe, you know, changed a little bit from their traditional roots. Yeah, for sure. I, I come up with my best material at funerals for loved ones. Oh, that's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> you know, I don't well, you're, share you're... it immediately. I try to think of when the right moment is. But you're right. No, it's you either laugh or you cry. Yeah. Yeah. Right now we're doing a lot of crying, but, you know, you made us laugh. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I just, it, I mean, just like I, um, I, the, the biggest one for me is I remember um, whenever, and sorry if I'm getting too real here, I, I swear no, I'm going to keep yeah. it as light as possible. But I, I do remember that whenever um, my, my mom told me that my grandmother died, you know, it was like, it was, it was kind of a shock. Yeah. And um, we live, like my, my parents live in West Virginia, I live in New York, and then I had just come home from Thanksgiving and I was like, okay, oh. so do I need to get a train ticket back? I guess, yeah, I'll get a train ticket and I'll come back mm. right now. And my mom was like, no, 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 you don't have to do that. Like, we're not having a funeral right away. There's going to be a memorial service. Your your grandmother actually decided that she was going to donate her body to science. Mm. I was like, and knowing my grandmother, I just, I was like, wait, what? That doesn't sound like her at all. That, <laughs> I can't believe that. Um, and she's like, well, you know your grandma. It was free. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. amazing. It, it's just, it's, it's the funniest thing i've heard in my entire life because it <laughs> because it was like so deeply born out of like <laughs> the relationship that we all had together and yeah. it was like you know you laugh or you cry yeah well and sometimes that's the best way to come together too um in any circumstance so 
I know I always appreciate a good laugh. And <laughs> and kind of within that, why comics? Like, I know you talked about, you know, drawing from a young age and getting into it, but why is comics the medium that you want to create and play in and tell stories in? That's a great question. Um, I, um, I, you know, uh, like I said, I grew up in West Virginia, and um, we, uh, the, the part of the woods in West Virginia that I lived in, we didn't have television, like literally cable didn't come out there. Um, and I don't think we could pick up a signal with bunny ears. It's a good way to get a creative mind. <laughs> yeah. So I read quite a bit, um, and read a lot of comics as well as, you know, plenty of novels, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's, um, it's a storytelling art form that I, that I was very comfortable with for a very long time. And then whenever I went to college, um, I, I really, I didn't know anything about comic storytelling whatsoever. And I thought that whenever I was going to art school, majoring in cartooning, I was, I was um, going to get an education in learning how to draw superhero style, <laughs> I guess, versus, I don't know, Renaissance painting. Um, and then it was, you know, that, that first class that I had with under Klaus Janssen and he started, you know, breaking into like the rules of comic storytelling. Mm. I just, I completely became infatuated with um the structure of the art form i just i love i I just love the freedom that comic storytelling affords you and i love playing with the format um you know it's just like you can you can make anything it's it's a visual medium that is like you can do anything on the tiniest budget and just that's just so attractive yeah that makes sense um you know just hearing about your you know, like your art school and your art education. Sorry, that was really bad grammar. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I just kind of wanted to like figure out like what what meant the most to you, like going to school and like what was like the biggest advice that you really like hold on to now that like maybe you can give to anybody who's trying to get into that medium as well. Oh, okay. Gosh. Um, so, I mean, my biggest gosh let's see the experience of art school uh particularly you know comic book college um i think the the most exciting thing about it was just like um <laughs> at the time it was getting out of high school and like not having to like waste time on math and science and shit yes. and uh, <laughs> and just <laughs> and just like completely dive into uh what i was actually passionate about yeah um and be rewarded for it um you know and also moving from west the woods of west virginia to right to 23rd street in new york city um, was pretty exciting um uh and then as far as like what is like my like the the biggest the biggest baddest broadest <laughs> thing i would give to someone else is um uh gosh there's so many little bon mons. give uh, us the secret to the universe Sure. Well, I mean, it's practice. <laughs> um, it's uh, you. You have to. You you just have to be okay with the fact that you're gonna have to make a million comics that nobody ever reads because you just love making them, and you have to be okay with the fact that they suck because you love making them. <laughs> and um, even whenever things work out, uh, you have to be okay with the fact that the industry might betray you because you just uh, love making them. It's just like. <laughs> I mean, gosh, it's, it's, uh, you know, Jack Kirby said it, comics will break your heart. Um, but, uh, I keep coming back, you know, um, I, I love it more than it could ever hurt me. 
That's beautiful. That's really nice. I think especially like kind of like, you know, when we see like influencers and people who get famous, like, you know, it's kind of like a quick cash grab, but like to like hear people who like do it because it's a love and it's like a journey every day. And like you said, like people may not read it, but you do it and you do it over and over again because this is what fills you. I think that's beautiful. And that's great advice yeah. too for anybody. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. And for like the I money. said earlier, my my big thing is that I really do take. I I I love that I I'm always learning something about yeah. about creating. It's it's um it's kind of my main drive. Yeah, do what you love and don't give up. And you know, you may do a pitch for a comic and it doesn't get accepted, and then what? Seven eight years later. Here you are again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, you're writing it. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. All right. This, this is kind of an interesting one that I want to mention to you, but um, do you have a particular audience that you write for or a particular theme that just runs throughout your work? Is there some kind oh, of that's... central kind of characteristic that we can look at here? Yeah, that's terrific. I, uh, it's something that I'm uh, still figuring out. Like that's, <laughs> as, as I said, I'm, I'm only, I think just, beginning to maybe scrape the surface of what exactly it is um my brand is or what my my yeah. my grand thesis is <laughs> um at, at the moment um my one of my my biggest uh, artistic goals is that um i really try to take um a, an idea that is um just really really stupid <laughs> uh, and okay. really absurd and um and then play it so straight that you can't help but sympathize with it. Um, that's, that's, uh, that, that was like, that was, that was, that's what I did with Gwenpool. Definitely. Um, where, you know, it's like Gwenpool was created as a, a variant cover matching up Gwen Stacy and Deadpool. (laughs) Right. And, uh, they called me up and they said, Hey, people are actually doing fan art of this character and cosplaying as her. Can you make her a real character? And uh, also, she can't be related to Deadpool, and she can't be De- uh, Gwen Stacy. Good luck uh, figuring out <laughs> yeah. how, Figure to, it out. how to swirl those loops. Um, and you know, maybe we'll. You know, it's like you know, the gig was like, let's let's see if we can sell some T-shirts and sell a few comics to these people, and like whatever. It's a joke character. It's silly, yeah. but it's like I'm gonna make you care about this person. <laughs> like, yeah. But also, it's gonna be funny. Um, so that's like that's really something I'm into right now. Um. Yeah, that's that. But um, and as far as audience is concerned, um, I mean, I, I I think I'm I'm really writing for myself. And as myself, I I'm a you know I I love superheroes. Um, but uh, I'm also bored with superheroes, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm I'm ready to like just pick them apart at a molecular level mm. uh, with kind of a, a, a humorous uh, a bent. And I, I think if you appreciate that, you'll like my comics. Very deconstructionist humorism then. I like it. That's, that's how that you said it better than I did. Because <laughs> <laughs> our intellectual over here. <laughs> um, which kind of brings us back then to Quantum and Woody. I mean, you talked about, obviously you've been into this comic for a really long time, been interested in creating it for a long time. What do you love the most about, you know, these two guys and, and what drew you back into it and what, what kind of story do you want to tell with them? Um, I think I think one of the things that I that I like so much about them is that they are um, a duo, uh, in in 
comic book dynamics specifically. You've got solo books and you've got team books. Um, and I like that they are a duo um, because you like they just you know it, it's it's very easy to play that dynamic, um, especially that they've got this like odd couple love hate thing going on. Um, and you can, um, you know, it, it's, they're, they're brothers that don't get along and one of them was adopted into the other's family mm. and that guy's dad died. And it's like, it's very easy to play their dynamic, you know, to show off the, the, the hurt and the stress. Yeah. And, uh, it's also very easy to play it for laughs too. Um, and often it does, but you can do it in a way that doesn't undermine the other. Yeah. Uh, and so I really like that character based humor stuff where um, so long as you treat them with some respect, um, a good character can be laughed at or sympathized with. And I think that just they've got a really easy dynamic pre built into the characters to play. That's awesome. Do you have any yeah. siblings? Uh, yes, I have a younger brother. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever imagine if, if you were the two that were kind of bound together with that? Oh, that's funny. I think we'd get along better than Quantum and Woody would. Hey, that's um, good. <laughs> yeah, I uh, yeah, th- thankfully. Um, <laughs> no, my my brother and I always got along pretty well. Um, uh, you know, we 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 have a we we only have a couple stories that we have told at each other's weddings about how we tortured each other. <laughs> um, the one being that, like, we you know we we had a we had a dog um, growing up that that had like the invisible fence, so they had the, oh, no. the shock collar. <gasps> And yeah, and and uh, and so one day when the parents weren't home, I put the shock collar around oh my, my brother's gosh. neck, and I <laughs> and I marched him closer and closer and closer to the border of the fence to the point where it started started beeping because oh it will warn you before it shocks you and just uh, just creates the the stress. And then I let him go. You know, I didn't actually shock him, but it's like you know, it's this terrifying moment. Oh my god! And then he got he got back at me um, by. Uh, we we had a a back deck off of the second floor of our house that like didn't have a staircase downward, <laughs> and so he figured out how to like trick me to go out there, and oh, then no. he locked the door and trapped me out on the back deck for hours oh, with no way to get inside or get down. And he just like he made it very clear that this was about the dog collar situation. <laughs> this is a that specific happened. revenge. <laughs> very specific, and um, yeah, like that's awesome. Yeah, so it, I. I feel like I'm clear to tell those stories because, like I said, he told them already in public. his best speech at my wedding. That's I awesome. would love to see those stories with Quantum and Woody. Like maybe like a little bit more like do it like on a like a Flashbacks. forty foot like forty foot building or like something like that. And he's like, ah, this is I about think... that one specific thing. Yeah, okay, I would love you know that. It. Yeah, because I yeah, I love that's... that. That's great. Yeah, that, that's something I've loved about previous friends of the characters too. Is that like they always do these flashbacks of these moments of them when they're kids that relate yeah. to the moment as them as adults. Like, gosh, I even think it was like the original, the first issue is like, um, it's the two of them as kids, like thinking that they're they're taking the the body of a dead dog down to the uh, basement, yeah. and then it turns out the dog's alive and <laughs> they're in trouble. That's so great. And what a great way to kind of use your relationship with your brother too, you know, whether you're doing it consciously or not to kind of fuel the writing then for them that you have that relationship. Again, I get along very well with my brother. It's not <laughs> <like them. laughs> 
with a bond, you know, like I'm an only child. So like oh, if I too. were writing a brother duo, I wouldn't even know where to start. Right. Like I have close friends, but it's, you know, it's yeah. different to have the blood bond and to. And to have shenanigans together. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I agree. My invisible friends don't tell great stories. Like I don't know what they're going to say at my wedding. So. <laughs> I have a, I have a quick question. Cause I know you're, you did this like transition from Marvel to, you know, like indie comics like what was that like you know like what do you feel is different and like what do you love the most about working with valiant and like with indie comics i know that's like a three-part question i'm sorry (laughs) i keep giving them to you (laughs) um sorry so we're we're comparing uh indie comics to valiant and marvel is that that yeah just what was the transition into indie comics like and i know you have a background with that too but um what do you love sure yeah um i mean obviously with indie comics you have um a freedom which is um tremendous um you know you can kind of do whatever you want whereas versus um sort of your your more mainstream comics you may have to answer to somebody and follow uh someone else's vision but with that comes the the budget to um hire uh really great artists and uh to market the book <laughs> and put it in stores um and um i i don't think i've ever i don't think i've gotten to the point where i get tired of either one where i'm like i'm mm. done with this forever you know <laughs> um no i i appreciate the the trade-off either way and uh, i you know i go back and forth very happily that's great um, this is a question that we ask all of our guests. <laughs> um, and it's a little bit of a weird one, but I feel like the answers are always so interesting and kind of give a little insight into the world. And this goes for comics and for everything. But what is the worst review that you have ever gotten? It can be funny. It can be crippling. <laughs> it oh may put gosh, you in an existential like crisis. spiral, but you know, hey, we're starting in advance. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, I, um, I don't know if it's the worst review I've ever gotten, but um, I think the most fun bad review yeah. that I've gotten. Um, are you are you familiar with um, the Adventure Zone podcast? Yes, or, I've heard of them. Yeah. Or my brother, my brother, my brother, and me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Uh-oh. only <laughs> so the 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 McElroy brothers do these podcasts, yeah. and um, their dad Clint. Um, before he was um, a cast member with them on the Adventure Zone, um, he uh, was a comic book reviewer. Oh. And I think you see where this is going. Um, <laughs> You're going to give me a podcast he, PTSD right now? <laughs> he hated um, uh, a comic that I wrote called Long Shot Saves the Marvel Universe. Oh. And uh, and really, really tore it to shreds um, in a in a in a long form piece. Oh my gosh. Strongly worded <laughs> and, letter. Yeah. And, uh, well, yeah, he, he wrote a blog post about it. Strongly worded blog post. Yeah. Thank God. If he wrote it directly to me, that'd be even worse. <laughs> Although I feel uh, like on the internet, you, it always ends up coming back to you somehow. Right. Well, let's get to that. Oh, no. So, um, <laughs> I, I, I attended one of the, my brother, my brother and me live shows. Um, and they wanted questions from, a live audience. So I got to ask um, a question along the lines of like, 
you know, hey, brothers, I'm a, I'm a professional comic book writer and I have been for a long time and I've developed a pretty thick skin when it comes to, you know, bad reviews and feedback. But um, there was one review that really got to me and I just want to know, how do I deal with being criticized by your dad? <laughs> oh, oh yes. Something you may um, be familiar with. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it was very sweet. Travis, you know, ran up in the audience and gave me a hug. And then, <laughs> you know, they kind of just talked about like, you know, uh, his, just like it turns out that he uh, never really pressured them into situations or was overly mean. It was actually very sweet, <laughs> like Aww. how supportive he was of them. That's um, so funny. But yeah, that's I think that's probably my most interesting um uh run in with a bad review. That was like a full circle experience. You don't often get to like confront I, I guess relatives of your <laughs> and, and Well, I just like when I saw that it was him yeah. that wrote that review and I knew who he was, I was like, I gotta I gotta yeah. savor this for the right moment. And then <laughs> and then when they came to New York, I was like, Okay, I'm gonna this is gonna be fun. That's awesome. And we ask that question, too, because sometimes you learn something from it. Sometimes you learn to just have a tough skin and let it roll off your back. And you never know. But I feel like all of us end up dealing with some sort of bad review, whether it's funny or sad or who knows. So get, yeah, get sweet I mean, revenge I, I, in public, I think is the yeah, answer. Yeah, no, I mean, I, <laughs> people told me that they didn't like something I did today. Like, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you, at the end of the day, too, especially with comics, it sounds like you create comics because you love comics. And so it's not necessarily about them they get to enjoy it oh and if they don't they can go buy something else yeah like i'm a big (laughs) i'm a big uh what's that like proponent or propeller i don't know of that the book belongs to the author not really the audience and like at the end of the day if this is 100 percent perfect for you like kudos like who cares what (laughs) timmy down the street says like you know at the end of the day if you loved your gwenpool you loved your long shot that's all that matters Great. Sure. Um, I will also <laughs> say the, I, the the criticism of Longshot was legitimate. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, and you learn uh, and grow too. <laughs> yeah, no. There, there's a lot that I love about that book, but um, uh, I, I think about it a lot because it's like I had some big ideas on that book that I don't think I quite had the experience level to pull off, or the honestly the space in the miniseries. And I'm like, God, if I could ever give something a second try, it's that Longshot miniseries. Maybe someday you will. You never know. Yeah, I know. Gosh. You are writing this comic and you never thought you would. Sure. We're already talking about this second chance. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And on to another bane of the creative that I like to ask. What do you particularly do when you come across writer's block or even artist block for that matter? Because we all know everybody comes into it one time or another. Sure. Um, I um, I think the best advice I ever got about writer's block is that um, – it's not necessarily that nothing is coming to you that like suddenly that you are inspiration free. It's, um, it's that you're, you're judging your ideas, um, and you're finding them not worthy. Um, and you're, you're not trying anything. And, um, generally what I do is I just go ahead and I write down the bad idea and then I let it inspire another bad idea. And I write that down and I keep going. And honestly, it, it typically only takes me about five minutes to break out. Of now the writer's you're just block, off. just just by no no, no give this a shot. <laughs> Honestly, this is I'm 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 giving this to you because it's if 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 I can do it, anyone can do it. Um, just just write down the bad idea and then write down the bad idea that it inspires and keep going, and you are going to very quickly find something that you like because That's you're awesome. just you're just allowing your brain the freedom to move. 
um, and you're not letting it get stopped on the first bad idea. I That's like great. That. I really like that. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Uh, Quantum and Woody episode episode <laughs> issue number one um, comes out on January 29th, everybody. But you can pre-order it up until Monday, January 6th. So you've got um, like a month and a half here. Get your pre-orders in. Go to your local comic book shop. Support LCS's local shops. Um, put in your pre-orders so they know that you want it. Put it on your pull list. Check it out. Um, it's from Valiant. Uh, Christopher, what else can we expect from you in the future? Do you have any other projects you're working on? Um, this is an oh. ongoing series, so obviously this is going to be. Sure. Yeah. No, Quantum and Woody is taking up quite a bit of my attention. Um, I'm, I'm also, um, I kickstarted a graphic novel called Dracula Gate, which is, um, nice. sort of a, a, about, um, U.S. diplomats, uh, stumbling their way through opening up relationships with um, Transylvania, the land of the undead. That's amazing. Um, and um, I'm already sold. Well, it's uh, it's going to be a long time till it comes out because uh, we are drawing that and it's taking forever. <laughs> <laughs> but someday this book's going to come out, but the script's really good. And uh, so that's, that's something I'm working on right now. And then um, I cool. also, hopefully we'll have you on the podcast again then for that someday. Oh my gosh, I would love to. Um, and I also do a podcast of my own. I'm a member of the cast of rude tales of magic, which is a comedy dungeons and dragons podcast. That's uh, right speaking, up our alley. Speaking my language now, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, please check, check out rude tales. Um, yeah. I play a failed lich dandy called Frederick de Bonesby. Ah, Does yes. he have a voice? <laughs> do you use a voice for him? Yes, he speaks like this. <laughs> That's amazing. So adding that to my subscription list. <laughs> That's awesome. uh, yeah, and that's that's pretty much it that I'm allowed to talk about. Ooh. So thank you, and thank you for letting me plug those things. Yeah, of course. Um, and where can we follow you on? You said you're on Twitter, and it sounds like Instagram too. Yeah, Twitter is at Dr. Hastings, um, and then the Instagram is at Dr. Hastings Funnies. I haven't in, I haven't updated the Instagram in a while because I'm trying to build up a backlog of my comics so that I can post more frequently. But yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Christopher Hastings, everybody. Again, January 29th for Quantum and Woody from Valiant Comics, our awesome friends. Um, thank you for joining us and thank you, amazing listeners, for tuning in. Um, you can check out our other podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and all podcast apps. You can also check out our website, thegrandgeekgathering.com, for articles, videos, and more. Please also remember to rate, review, and subscribe. If you thought today's interview was amazing, I think it was, um, give us a five-star review. Uh, let us know what you thought. Let us know what you're excited for. Um, just leave us comments. We love to hear from you. You can also stay updated on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we stream on Twitch. The intro is provided by Cranston, and you can buy Quantum and Woody in January um, from Valiant Comics. You can go to your local comic book shop. You can look up, up Valiant online, find it, read it, put it on your pull list. It's ongoing. Check it out. So come and join the gathering. Have a great week, and G-G-G! G -G -G.